0: Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at of TheatreGame.com. I'm your host Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast, the future podcast, should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Visa and Twitter. Thanks. Oh yeah. Um you guys and girls might have noticed that I'm no longer a shareholder of NVIDIA. Uh, as in my disclaimer, I'm only a shareholder of Visa and Twitter for right now. Um, my Nvidia shares got called away finally. Um, you know I got assigned on Nvidia, I think at either 300 or 290 it's in my logs at datagang.com/juni. Uh, you can go there and then see all my closed trades. Um, but getting back to the point, uh, I got assigned on Nvidia. Pretty high, um, like at 300 or 290, and then we crashed. And Nvidia was trading somewhere around 200, and then it was like really bleak, right? I was getting ready to double down on the Nvidia shares at 150 if it were to get that low, and then there were all these like bearish people like saying like, oh, you should sell your shares. You know, the economy is over. We're all doomed. But I stayed course. I held on to them, um, and I sold covered calls that lowered my break even. Down to somewhere around 294, uh, and they finally got called away. So not only did I, you know, collect premium while I was in a downturn, like the 80 gang should, um, but I exited lower than my previous break even. So I exited with a profit. I mean, let's just get get this out of the way. I'm I'm a stranger on the internet that posts trades when he opens them, or, you know, third person's getting confused, I'm just gonna say, I open all my trades, I send alerts to, like, like literally 50 people, I, I think that's how many patrons I have, or 60, I don't know, but they all have access to my open trades, and then when I close them, when they are closed, because, you know, they have to be open for a certain amount of time, for however long I hold them, uh, then I close them, and then those tr- closed trades, you guys and girls listening to this podcast that aren't patrons can see those. Um, they're just fully public. You don't even need an account. You just go to thetagangcom Junie. Um, something that I want to briefly talk about as well is that I held on to Nvidia all the way down to when it was trading around the 200s and I was ready to double down on the shares at 150, but that never came. Um, you know, there's a lot of bearish talk about, oh, you should sell your shares, the economy is doomed. Um, but I stayed course and I continued selling covered calls, lowered my break even uh, lower than how I previously entered the position, and I was able to exit earlier um, than many other people, um, because people might have gone into NVIDIA uh, a little bit later, or maybe they just stayed static. Um, but as you all know, NVIDIA is now trading at an all-time high. I did miss out on a little bit of gains there, but all as well because honestly when i was trading nvidia around 200 i was thinking like wow i would do anything just to be able to exit for a profit i, I mean that's how i traded my covered calls right um, so this is just a testament to you know if you just hold your positions and don't freak out and you know maybe it's a little different if you're older if you're like my stepdad um, that has to protect the nest egg uh, because he's retired. He doesn't have income to double down on positions. Then, yeah, puts makes sense um, as a hedge. And, um, you know, maybe putting up triggers at certain breakpoints for Spy is healthy because, you know, maybe he can't with sustain another crash like COVID again, right? If we did stay down there around the 200s, Um, it'd be a completely different story than today. But that's not what happened. I'm just saying that if you are younger, uh, like me, then by all means, you should just choose to not trade uh, when we're going down in downturn. Um, But if you are a little bit older or are retired, then yeah, by all means, you should have some exit strategies in place, um with hard numbers and not feeling you, you don't want to wake up in the morning and looking at like a negative five percent down day and then feel inclined to uh sell all your position uh after we've ran up like 40 percent right like a minus five percent in that context doesn't sound too bad um but you know say you had a bad day or a bad night last night and then you wake up to a negative five percent you might be inclined to sell because you're just not in the right mindset. So it's more healthy to have certain numbers, just, you know, with a sober mind, and you're, you know, maybe on a really happy day. I think that's, that's the best time to actually um, come up with these numbers, because you will come up with very realistic um, price points that you'd want to sell at. You know, just take a look at the spy graph. Pick a few numbers. You know, you see some resistance lines. You see some support lines, and choose to buy and sell around those levels. And come up with those numbers today, so you don't have to come up with those numbers when we limit down or when we limit up. Right? There's just a lot of emotions that run the stock market, and you don't want to be caught in those emotions when you have to make important decisions. Ugh. Okay, Junie, that's boring. Let me hear about the earnings. Okay. 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 Um, so on, uh, Monday after close, you have Baidu and, uh, Ki, I never know how to pronounce it, but there, you have two Chinese companies reporting on Monday after close, um, before open on Tuesday, you have Walmart and, uh, Home Depot as well as Kohl's after close on Tuesday, you have Urban Outfitters, um, before open on Wednesday, you have Target and Lowe's, uh, and Opera. I didn't know that opera had a company that's pretty cool um after close on wednesday uh nothing uh to really report on uh, before open on thursday uh you have macy's and best buy after close on thursday um and I, which i believe is one of the most important days here is nvidia um and then with also with uh palo auto and uh splunk as well as ross and then before open on Friday, you have Footlocker, John Deere, and Alibaba. Uh, okay, um, just before I start talking about these companies, I just always have to do the mandatory. Earnings are dangerous. They are incredibly binary events, meaning you either make a lot of money or you just lose a lot of money. Um, and I do understand that they are fun but there are a percentage of people that play these hoping to make money and then get very angry at either people or the company uh, for making them lose money but it is in fact their fault for pushing the buy or sell button. So going into uh, just some comments here or remarks from me, Um, you know, Chinese companies have been getting a lot of flack Um, that is due to Luckin Coffee spoofing their sales numbers. Um, so that doesn't necessarily mean that you should buy puts on every Chinese company, um, but, you know, it, is, it, it does put a little bit more, um, not ur- urgency isn't the right word, it put, uh, puts a little bit more pressure on Chinese companies to uh, report uh, accurately, right, if they're not doing that already. So that's just something to uh, keep in mind. Uh, Going into these earnings week, because there are a few Chinese companies like Baidu, Qi, and uh, I I really hope, Qi, I have no idea how to pronounce that, Q-I-Y-I, and then also Alibaba. Um, Another, you know, theme of this week is retail. Uh, You have Walmart and Target, as well as Ross and all that stuff. So you're going to be, and Macy's, you're going to be looking at, and Best Buy, (laughs) And you're, you're going to be looking at whether or not in-store sales, uh, like how much they've declined, because obviously they've declined. We're going to see if they meet um, or exceed, uh, you know, analysts' expectations of in-store sales. Um, you, you're going to also want to see if you know digital sales have um, proportionally gone up with the amount that you know in-store sales have gone down. Um, you know, much like Amazon demand has really gone up since quarantine. Um, but you know, as target and Walmart are trying to catch up to the e-commerce space, we're going to see how well, um, they've actually, you know, scaled that portion of the business, uh, pre COVID because, you know, Walmart was making a really big push on their website. Um, and they, you know, honestly, the Walmart dev team is pretty cool. Uh, they have a lot of good open source software, um, But not going to make too many uh, comments there uh, because it's going to get a little too nerdy up in here. Um, But, yeah, that's what you're going to be looking for. You're going to want to see just sales numbers up. um, And, you know, hopefully the in-store sales numbers aren't too bad. That said, everything in the same sector usually goes up or down in that sector. So, something that you need to look forward to is uh, Walmart. So, Walmart reports first before everybody, unless if Walmart and Kohl's report at the same time, but they are before open on Tuesday. Um, and they will d- directly affect Target, um, you know, Target and Ross. So, if you're looking at any of these uh, retail companies like Urban, Kohl's, uh, Target, Ross, uh, Macy's you're going to really want to make sure that you're not over leveraged before Tuesday morning um, because you know Walmart reports first if they report bad then you're going you're also pay, you're basically playing Walmart earnings. because if Walmart reports bad Target and Macy's and Ross will most likely go down because um, leaders in a sector usually drag down the entire sector Um that being said, Home Depot and Lowe's are the two big home improvement stocks, and so Home Depot reports first before open on Tuesday, so that will directly affect Lowe's before open on Wednesday as well. So if you're planning to play Lowe's earnings and you already have a Lowe's position, uh, you basically have to just like you manage your position if you wanted it if you wanted to uh, before open on Tuesday for Home Depot because if you plan on you know Home Depot missing maybe you know your lows uh, your calls won't be too good so you really have to judge your earnings play on whoever reports first in your sector I feel like that's not talked about enough Um, so and, and see here's proof that, you know, I used to play earnings, like, that's, like, one of the soft skills of earnings that I feel like a lot of people don't um, understand, especially when they're first beginning. Um, Let's see, what else? Uh, NVIDIA. NVIDIA reporting on Thursday, if they report well, that will most likely bring Intel and AMD up, Um, but especially AMD. AMD and NVIDIA have a new partnership With uh, wait, hold on. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna read the title of the article. Let me bring it up. Hold on. Okay, I got it. Uh, It's this article is by crn.com, and I'll let you guys and girls go to the website on your own or search it up on Google on your own. But the headline is why Nvidia chose AMD EPIC for its new DGX A100 AI system. So just the fact that they're partnering up, uh, or like Nvidia's choosing um, AMD as their CPU uh provider for that system is pretty dope um you know obviously they didn't go with intel and that's already a big sign of something happening just remember that amd is very very i wouldn't i don't like using the word overvalued because value is very relative to the person but amd does trade at a very very high multiple um, i also don't really like saying the word priced in because again that's kind of relative too depends on you know what how you value the stock but amd does in fact this is fact amd trades at a very high multiple so like it's expected for amd to pick up deals like this now what it does to the stock price not too sure so that's just something that i'm going to be looking out for or wanting to hear more of on the nvidia earnings call all righty uh i've never done this before but i just have my twitter feed just on the side um and you know this is just great timing so i'll just sneak this in here um mr lucas ward asks any suggestions if you're long on a company with earnings coming up? That question is not all too common, like to me, like I don't get asked that question a lot, but I do see it often on Wall Street bets and like just personal finance and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's really about what your goals are. Um, if you're long on a company and you actually have a long portfolio which a lot of you guys and girls don't you guys and girls think you guys have you you guys and girls think you guys and girls have a long portfolio but you actually don't um you manage it too much you sell too much you don't actually just accumulate and uh you know just the point of a long portfolio is not to manage it too often because time in market is more important than anything Uh, as long as you are long in a position for a long haul um, the percentages of you exiting at a profit when you need the money later is much greater. Um, so with that, I say if you're long on a company and you actually believe in the company, uh, you should not manage it like at all. Um, maybe you have a company with earnings coming up that is very sensitive to COVID. Then I mean, maybe you can uh, sell a sell a put to. I can't. I can't justify it. Because I was thinking like sell a put to lower your break even. But honestly, you could just do that post earnings with more information. Um, just know that like managing positions going into earnings is you get paid a little bit more premium because IV is higher, but you also get paid a premium because you don't have information, right? The, the reason why IV is high is because it, there's uncertainty. Why don't you trade like a poker pro or you trade like a Magic of the Gathering pro, and you trade when you have the most uh, information possible, right, like when you see, this is this a is super nerdy, you're about to turn this podcast off, but if you're playing Magic of the Gathering and you draw a lot of cards, you play like, you know, you play a deck that's very into drawing cards and playing things that gets you more cards from your deck, you're going to eventually win because you're going to see your options come up more, right? And trading is all about options, not options as in option contracts, but choices. Trading is about choices. When you have more information, you can make better choices. And choices are always better, just like as I mentioned in the last podcast episode. So when I say, when you ask, you know, any suggestions on if you're long on a company with earnings coming up, I would most like, this is me and only me, I would wait for earnings to finish And read the earnings report, maybe view some other people's opinions on how they thought about earnings, formulate my own opinion, and then make the decision. Then, Um, you know, otherwise, uh, say you are long on a company and you exit for a profit because, you know, you've been long on it for maybe some time and it gaps up. The chances of you going back into that stock are near zero because, I mean, you already exited for a profit. Why suscept yourself to more risk? You would probably find another. Uh, position to invest in so think about that and think about like you know the possibility of you exiting and um you know maybe the stock dips lower i mean that's the best case scenario but that's a gamble and you should you know formulate some trading strategy that's less on feeling but more based on data or aka more information aka post earnings especially for a long position because you should not care about micro movements uh, like daily movements or weekly movements rather like monthly or even yearly so give that give that mole over uh, think about it a little bit i'm sure you will do Uh, the right thing for you because I don't understand your other finances. I don't understand that if you're in debt and you might need to repay it at some time. I don't know if you have loans that you need to repay at some time. I don't know if you're looking for a house. I don't know if you have a retirement fund already building. There's a lot of things that you need to consider um, when managing your long portfolio. But moving this all back and going back to the statement before, I believe that most people on Twitter don't actually have a long portfolio. I think most people just think that they want to go long on something, buy the stock, and they'll hold it for like a month, and then the stock will start dipping up 1%. They'll sell it, and they'll be like, oh, you know what? This is, this, this is a bad company, right? The, the, the majority of people are those people. Um, so you need to surround yourself with people that don't think that way, and you need to actually start a long portfolio if you are one of those people. So, Mr. Lucas, thank you for sending in that question. I don't think you even really sent it in. You basically just wrote it as a Twitter comment. Um, But just as a note for everybody else, when you see me post, uh, I guess this is only during earnings season, but if you see me post the earnings season tweet, uh, put in a message or put in a question or something. I'll I'll answer it during uh, the podcast. Um, I guess this is just a secret for... uh, you know, the people that listen to the podcast, but I'll answer it here, uh, if it's, uh, relevant enough and yeah, earnings are dangerous. Let's see. Anything else? I don't think so. Cool. Oh, yeah, the new Thetagain.com website updates. The new UX changes are done. Um, Now I'm looking at adding uh, one or two smaller features on top of these UX changes to ship out at the same time. Um, And so I can promise that the UX changes will be out next week. So I'm super excited for that. Um, I'm, again, also excited for people that are going to demand to change it back. Um, But this change is infinitely better there's nothing about this change that can be technically worse and i mean technically as in like technical like tech technology like everything's just better it's simpler everything renders faster um just geeking out over here i'm sorry (laughs) um yeah so gonna get those one or two last features on top of the ux changes because the ux changes are done that'll be out next week um Patreon seats are still sold out. Um, you know, I previously said that uh, I'll be releasing new seats on June 1st, and I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Um, you know, I'm going to be releasing it uh, these changes next Sunday. So that'll give me a good solid week to get some really dope Patreon feature in um, for the next tier. Uh, that will be opening up 10 more seats at 120. Um, and then I believe the next 10 seats will be 140, and then we'll see where that goes. Um, So that's about it. Sorry if uh, you wanted to get a Patreon seat and the seats are full. I understand that's hard, but just know that it is an option to uh, sneak into a lower tier uh, if it becomes available, because people do, in fact, leave. Um, You just have to get lucky and think of it as a lottery-based membership, so. Um, just keep an eye out on patreon.com slash theta gang and uh, hope to see you guys and girls soon in the discord. All right. Um, pretty casual topic today, um, but Today's topic is the best stocks to own. And just want to preface this with an apology that I'm not going to be naming a list of the best stocks to own because I believe that's very guru-y, that's very um, hedge fund-y. You know, like I'm not writing an article and then saying like, oh, you know, uh, I actually have a position in this. I'm not trying to hype any stock. Um, But I will give examples on what I look at and how I determine that it's the best I'm using air quotes that you can't see cause I'm alone in my room and you know, you can't see me. Um, but I'll be giving examples of how I long stock and how I'm able to trade in environments like this COVID crash, right? Like, um, and how you should be really aiming to increase your long portfolio or, you know, expand your long portfolio, uh, with good stocks. Um, So let's just get into it. The best stocks to own outright are the stocks that you believe in. And that sounds like a crap out answer, right? But you really think about it. Um, If you were a Tesla investor back when it was trading like in the like the 100s or something, and you bought like, you know, like a 1000 shares, or maybe like a 100 shares, uh, just because you really believed in Tesla, right? Uh, And you sat on those, you would be really well off right now right and then but you're thinking like you know anyone could have seen that happen um you know anyone could have just like bought in 100 that's cheap you know you can just they were so lucky back then just because tesla was at 100 bucks i would have done it um newsflash you probably would have not um the thing is retrospect is super 2020 it's unbelievably 2020 i feel like you have x-ray vision uh when you're thinking retrospectively and, you know, that's due to the fact that, you know, we're very egotistic as humans and just, you know, just people in general, and you just always assume that, you know, other people had it easy. But, you know, go back a few years, and when Tesla was training at 100, it was seen as incredibly overvalued because it didn't make any money, right? Um, and so now Tesla's finally flipping over this leaf, and, you know, maybe Elon's tweeting a few more things, but... The thing is, nothing will make a Tesla fanboy or a fangirl sell his or her shares. Okay, no one will make the boomer or boomette <laughs> uh, sell his or her, um, you know, uh, Amazon shares, right? Because maybe they picked it up at like thirty bucks. Who knows? Who knows? And they just held on to it forever, right? So what I'm trying to get at is the best stocks to own are the ones that you will hold on to the longest. Because think about it, a long portfolio is supposed to be your escape hatch to an early retirement. Um, if if it were to produce good returns, but the only way that will happen is if you hold on to it a long time. If you get your advice from someone else and someone else says, Hey, buy gold stocks, hey, buy oil stocks, hey, buy drilling stocks, hey, buy J Nug, hey, buy moo nineties, you're not gonna do so good. I know Moo nineties aren't stock, but just throwing that, you know, Wall Street bet's reference in there. ooh Um <laughs> The best stocks to own are the ones that you're gonna be holding on to the longest. And you're saying, okay, Junie, uh, I like that advice. You know what? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna buy some of the stocks I'm gonna own for the rest of my life on Monday. Um, Well, here's the thing: you can say you'll do that, but you won't actually do that. Especially a lot of you, I understand, have smaller bankrolls. Trust me, I'm putting my hand over my heart right now. Like, trust me, I know where you've been at. Uh, My first Robinhood account had like, I think, 300 bucks. Okay way different now after a full-time job and you know trading for a really really long time I've been in the market a lot longer than you have um and so I'm doing a little bit better uh just because you know time in market but here we go if you have a smaller account you are going to get bored really fast looking at just your one or two shares of I don't know maybe you bought one share of Amazon or uh, you know, a few shares of Tesla, but you're going to get really, really bored looking at that, especially if you've already traded options, right? You're going to buy a few stock and you're saying, okay, Junie's right. I'm going to hold this for the long haul. You know, I really care about my future. And then, you know, three weeks pass and you're, you're looking at your account and maybe you're up like $20 or $30, or maybe you're down $20 or $30. That's especially dangerous when you're down 20 or $30. Cause then you're thinking, what am I doing this for? You know, like, f this juni guy like he's he's uh he's just a kook uh talking to himself by himself in his room why would i believe him that uh stocks in time in oh he's the time in market all the time oh time in market blah 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 blah. no i'm down 20 bucks i'm gonna take this out i'm gonna sell for a loss and i'm gonna go back to options this sucks so that's the cycle that i think happens with most investors that consider themselves having a long portfolio and the trick to having a long portfolio is having excess income and i don't want to go into a tangent about how you should be making more money uh, because everyone has different backgrounds different skills and everything but the the best way to develop a long portfolio is to not go all in on stocks that you want to own right like you can still have an options portfolio like me i have an options portfolio and i have a stock portfolio um, you want to make sure that, you know, y- you are having fun while you're investing and you can very much do that while going long on stock. Maybe just like every week with every paycheck, you buy one share of something, right? And just promise to yourself to not touch that. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to start a long portfolio and go all in and never trade options again, because that's boring. I love options, right? I feel like options, you know, make the market fun for me. I don't do the the scary uh you know uh sweat inducing naked options with like three-day expiry anymore i don't do that anymore but you know i will buy shares when i think that there are a discount or that i really want to get in maybe i will sell a very aggressive wheel because you know i wanted to just buy the stock outright but i might as well get paid for it in case it just trades flat there's all of these different. Pathways of doing a long portfolio, including with an options trading style. Um, But again, no one will make the Tesla fanboy or girl sell his or her shares. Nothing will make the boomer or boomet. I'm just totally making up the boomet thing. Please don't get mad. Uh, You know, nothing will make them sell their Amazon shares. And this is like a kind of like a a jab punch to those that think that the market is. you know, unjustifiably high is that the stock market is based on emotion. And it's also based on just people. It, it, you're like, duh, Junie. Okay. Yeah. People trade. Okay. We get it. huh. yeah. You think you're so smart. <laughs> um, the, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, the economy could be totally dunzo's, but the boomer cannot afford to sell his or her stocks. Right, like it, it, that's your retirement. There's no point in selling for incredible loss. They're going to hold, um, or maybe some of them don't. But I would say a majority of them hold. That goes same for Tesla. There's a lot of newer millennial investors, and I don't know what the next generation is called. I'm a millennial, and that they buy fractional shares of companies that they just uh, use or like. They don't look at the fundamentals, and you know a lot of that attributes to Tesla. Right, like you know he uh he tweets some really crazy or cool things depending on what side of elon you are um i won't give my opinion here um but you know depending on how you think of elon you'll go really long or really short on uh tesla and so what i'm trying to say is you definitely want to buy stocks that you can hold in a downturn and people will scream in your ear and you'll still refuse to sell it that's what's going to get you your long portfolio, and that's the best stock to own. It's not because of anyone else's opinion. It is yours. You need to have the stock that is yours. You need to find your Tesla. You need to find your Amazon, and you need to hold and stay course. Rudy from Alpha Investments, dude, this is a huge shout-out to you. I don't remember. I think your video is called Stay the Course, and I, 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 I swear on my life, I will meet you one day. I will will shake your hand, and we're going to do some sort of collab, because you are such an awesome person. This is Alpha Investments on YouTube. He talks about Magic the Gathering all the time, Um, but I I get a lot of my, um, you know, upbeat personality, especially when stocks are going down, because of people like him and people like Peru uh, that I also follow on Twitter. Um, You know, surround yourself with people that uh, are positive, uh, but not perma bullish right like you don't want a permable you want to be listening to a permable in a downturn that's that's also pretty annoying uh but you know neutral head steady people um that keep a neutral perspective is really really crucial uh to surround yourself with uh don't surround yourself with people that call out price points all the time because i I, one of these days i'm gonna create a twitter bot or a reddit bot that tracks every user that points out a price point i'm going to create a graph of how often they're right don't make me do it. I will do it one day if I get triggered enough, but I'm not triggered enough yet. So, because <laughs> being, being triggered is a choice, as mentioned in the last podcast episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I talked really fast and I'm sorry uh, if I did talk too fast, uh, but I think that's it. Best stocks to Own is the one that you will hold for the longest time and the ones that you will hold uh, despite people screaming in your ear to sell. Um, You know, one last time, no one will make no one will convince the Tesla fanboy or girl to sell his or her shares or the boomer to sell their Amazon shares. Think about that. Find your Tesla. Find your Amazon. Thanks. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, the outro. Um, all Patreon seats are still sold out. More seats are opening on June 1st, which is roughly in two weeks. So there's going to be like a burst of people that are going to probably trying to get in and uh just to those that are you know looking to get in a good preview of what the service is like is definitely just going to my closed tabs and just seeing like do you want to be notified when i open one of those um do you want to be able to ask me questions about those do you want to be able to uh join discord and like not get trolled uh you know some people don't mind uh that trolling environment like you know wall street bets like if you ask a genuine question then you might hope that someone genuine answers but some people do find a lot of humor in it i used to and i still do just not as much um but my discord is very much like if you want to ask a question you will get an answer and it will be neutral and i'll make sure it's neutral um i make sure there's 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 like no racist or sexist things in the discord uh, because i think that's super whack about stock twits because it's filled with people that are from a different era Uh, that's the i think the kindest way i could say it um, and so, yeah, that's just what the Discord is about. You also get Twitter alerts, all that stuff, um, and soon-to-be Patreon-specific features on ThetaGang.com. You also get flair flare and a message on the ticker and all that stuff. Um, going beyond all that, you can follow me on Twitter at Thetagang and you can email me at Junie at ThetaGang.com. Uh, ThetaGang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with ThetaGang referral is a huge help, and that referral code is THETAGANG, all caps, one word. And you can also just view that link going to Thetagame.com. It's on the top of the page. It's in green and all that schmazzy, jazzy stuff. Um, Going into the extended shoutouts. Extended shoutouts to Mister Lifesaver 87 France, Mike D, Slow Motion, Nick Fires, Underbridge, Rico, The String Puller, The Iron Man, Mitch Brady 7, Good Job Wilson, DDSS, Option Options, Eric Kirkland, Jimmy, Matt W, Associate K, Ryzen, TCR94, Like Abbas, Andrew E.C. Kim, Anthony511, Moose Ninja, Deep Gift, (sighs) Menodendo... Grandpa 95, H.P. Larry, Leo Jetson, El Makeboard 2, Just Sended, Vicious Poultry, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Kyle Bunga Dudes, Daft, Mac, Jack Jew, Descentia, Saltwater, Cure, oh my god reading these is so hard, Uh, Lord Skeletor, Cheddar, Cappuccino, Berry Sexy, Matthew Hans, Snowpat X Kyle, Lazy Reserve, Claudios, K.A.S. Weff, The Jester, Salty Pie, R. R. guy, Crispy Cream Boy, PJ54, Hermes, Kaput, Lady Gang Sky, Omar Little, Eppersat7, Fight Club, Winnie Hat Jr., Chugger Ben, VTK, vtk, Lucas... Lucassi, uh, Expert Bruno, Rustier, uh, Walco, Abstracto, Pandero, and Russian Bot. <sighs> and here we are. Here we are. Uh, the 1% gang. Uh, just as mentioned in the last episode, I'm no longer giving out the 1% flair. However, that will be a promotion later in the future. Um, I think I've decided that the um, coupon code will be one percent, like the one, like the number one, and percent as in the percentage symbol. I don't know what's gonna get you. Uh, Maybe a few extra stickers, uh, don't quite know yet. Um, But besides that, um, not really too much to talk about other than the fact that, you know, I think these last two episodes I've been really overwhelmed with the UX changes. And this is slowly turning into a therapy session. Uh, But yeah, it was a lot. And I'm finally getting to the end of it. Um, It is harder to work uh, when I can't go to my favorite coffee shop or that. um, Being stuck at home is not all that bad. Like, retrospect, like, not even retrospect, like, just like, right now, it really isn't that bad. Um, It's just a little bit more different. And it's harder assimilating being in my room so much more often than I used to be um because I used to just do Brazilian jiu-jitsu after work and then come home and then you know maybe chill a little bit but then late at night I would feel you know good about uh, coding and stuff uh but just because I'm working for my uh other job um you know being at home all day it's really hard to disconnect from the other job um so i've come up with a policy for myself where you know at five o'clock no matter what i'm doing i'm shutting down my work computer and then you know choosing to chill or something for like a few hours and then work on theta gang i think that's been helping i've been feeling a little bit more pressure and it's not really coming from anywhere either it's just i don't know um this is and i before we go on uh yeah there's nothing no incentive so if you want to tune out you can tune out this is just a inside look on how theta gang founder is basically feeling um the market is on a tear uh it's being leveled out it's being tested right now it's pretty cool um i would like personally for nvidia to miss that would be that would be good for me so i don't feel all that bad re-entering on the position because if it if it gaps up, I mean, that's in FOMO territory for me. Um, I won't be, I pro- more than likely wouldn't be investing into NVIDIA if it gapped up. I do believe it's a nice company, but dang, like it's just really expensive, right? It's at all time high and it's just, it feels ultra bad. Um, let's see what else. Um, you know, let me, what's another thing? Uh, you know, one of my most like tweets and probably because it's pinned is my tweet on top of twitter and this is my last name before i end the podcast i feel bad for taking you guys and girls time um uh right now it i could see yourself getting and myself getting sad just by staying indoors all the time if you live by yourself it could get really hard too um and as much as i sound uh, like super energetic and upbeat at times. I myself get really sad sometimes in the morning for some odd reason, and I think I've mentioned this before on a previous podcast episode. And I think it's totally normal. So I don't want people to, you know, you know, especially if you're listening this far and you know maybe you have nothing better to do, but just know that everyone gets sad once in a while. And things that make me feel better is working on things that I feel like I make a big impact on, like Data Gang. Or uh, I like to play my guitar, I like to, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, that's basically it. <laughs> but if you're feeling sad, you can call the suicide hotline number. Um, that is not just for suicide. If you want someone to talk to, maybe you don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, if you don't have friends, or I'm sure you actually do have friends, you just, you know, it's hard for you to communicate that sometimes. Um, but that number is there for someone you to call. And you don't even have to be suicidal. You don't have to be depressed. You can literally just call to talk. And I think that's just ultra important for people right now, especially if you're not doing so hot in the market or if you're really caught up being you know really into the economy and reading all this policy stuff and maybe you know all this quarantine stuff is getting on your nerves. So just a PSA the suicide hotline number is available on Twitter. You know what, I'm just gonna say the number right now, just in case. So as I'm looking this up, just go ahead and pop up your phone app. Uh, The number is 1-800-273-8255. And you can call that even if you're just bored. I'd say that you probably don't want to take up a line If you're really just exclusively bored, because that could be someone that needs help at that very moment, but if you are feeling a little bit down and you know, just, if you're just feeling down uh, and you want someone to talk to and you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, that number is available. Um, That's about it, sorry for the downer episode or the downer 1% talk, uh, just being real here. Um, Let's see, that's it. So thank you guys and girls for listening this far. Um, I will have a more cheery upful news uh, next week. Thanks.